Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Our God is an awesome God. Somebody ought to write a song. Our God is a rescuing God. Mike Kinney is with us today. He's a worship leader in Indiana and the creator of Kinney Capos. That's a guitar advice. After a life-changing auto accident as a teenager, causing second and third degree burns on his body and a traumatic brain injury, Mike literally, literally rose from the ashes. His book is Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. This is amazing. So every single human who survived their teenage years has a story to tell that we wish had never happened, but none quite like yours. Take us to that life-changing moment. Yeah, it was the second day of my senior year in high school, and I was a little under the weather. I had been swimming throughout that summer, you know, five hours a day. And so we're starting my second day of my senior year and was planning to hang out with my friend Matt Blickendorf that evening. We were going to go to the Carmel football game and then go to his lake house for the evening to, to hang out there, go jet skiing the next day. And several things happened that night. I led worship for the junior high program at our church. And then we had actually just prior to that had mowed several lawns and, you know, we were going to go out to dinner with some lady friends and just things that a high schoolers would do. We went and got gas. This is my last memory before the accident happened. We went and got gas. I had like not a lot of money because uh, the people that we had mowed lawns for had given us checks that I was going to deposit next week, of course. So I couldn't find more than a couple dollars. Matt reached his hands into his pocket and found like another $5 bill. And that's all we put into the truck for gas. And so that's my last memory before the accident. What happened on the night of the accident? What was the accident itself? So we're driving to his lake house and he was driving in front of me in his little red Supra. And I had a 1987 Ford Ranger with those really long hoods at the front of the truck. And I started swerving. He saw me in his rearview mirror, my lights kind of going from side to side off the road and into a and through a hollow tree, which helped slow me down a little bit, but went into this telephone pole. And I, I hit it hard enough that that long hood crushed all the way back to the, my dashboard and, and it collapsed on top of me and I was stuck. So my friend almost bites it pulling his car off the road because there was a little bit of a ditch there and gets out of his Supra, runs over to me and the car is already now on fire. It started in the the right passenger's seat. It was a cloth interior. So it's spreading through the truck really quickly. And he hadn't even thought to come over to the driver's side because it was so mangled. Uh, So he's trying to punch through the window. That doesn't work. And so he tries to kicked through the window, but the dew had set. So he just had no leverage. Of course, that door was locked. He ran back over to the driver's side and well, it just fell open. Even though this driver's door was completely mangled, it, mm-hmm. it fell open. He started to try to pull on me and I was just completely wedged, not moving at all. And then he realized my seatbelt was on. And so he reached in and burned his arm, just getting my seatbelt off and uh, pulled on me again. And it was like, it was like he hadn't even taken the seatbelt off. I didn't move an inch. So that kind of began a, I would call it a journey. It was a short journey. It became a, began a moment for Matt that was like probably five or six minutes where it's just me and him in this field and this fire's blazing up this wooden telephone pole. And 
course, you're probably thinking, how do I know this? Well, to me, it's all a story, but we do have it on video from when the fire department had got to the scene of the accident. And you can see these 15 foot flames. He pulled on me for five minutes before a passerby came down this dark country road. Matt left me kind of hanging out of the truck. One of my eyes had come out of socket. I shattered the left side of my face. My jeans are uh, no longer there. My skin is on fire. And he leaves me hanging from this truck to go to flag this guy down in the middle of the of this road. And the driver slows down a little bit, but then like kind of speeds up and goes around Matt on the side of the road. And Matt's like, you've got to be kidding me. So he's shouting out to Jesus and he's like, I need you. I, I can't do this alone. A couple of minutes later, this guy that had been driving comes running through these trees. And I think he was just trying to get out of the debris because the hollow tree was all over the road and there's gas cans from my truck that have spilled the fires out of control so he comes running through these trees and he's he's yelling at matt like get away from the truck it's gonna blow up you know so they go back and forth for a minute and finally matt tells him you know this is my brother i'm not leaving him you've got to help me and th- this guy's name is john kirby came over and they helped pull me on three and my legs fell out of the truck wow Nine months later, you had an encounter. I think you got to share your story and somebody came up and talked with you. Yeah. So there was a gal in my chemistry class. Her name is Clancy. And she sat across from me for the entire semester. I didn't know much about her, but I had an opportunity to share my testimony. And it was an optional thing. And this is a public high school and, and I told them this was going to be a faith-based mm-hmm. testimony. And they allowed people to sign out of their seminar class to come and hear this. And a third of the school mm-hmm. signed out of their seminar to come hear our testimony. So it was about 600 students. And Clancy was one of them. And a couple of days after sharing you know, our testimony, she handed me a note. And that note changed my life. It was simply her saying thank you. But more than thank you, it was she shared a little bit about her story, which was that she had recently tried to end her life. And she said that my story reminded her that God saved her for a reason. And she felt like God had saved me and sent me to save her. And she just prayed that God would always be with me. And those those words jumped out at me for several reasons. You know, one of them being that Pete Townsend had given me this guitar when I was in the hospital and he signed it. I didn't know who Pete Townsend was. Again, I was 17 and found out that he was a rock legend. And he signed this guitar, though, in big letters across this Gibson guitar that he sent me. He signed it to Mike. This is the Phoenix, Pete. And sent me a note as well, just saying he'd be praying for me and and my family and my speedy recovery, which I thought was so cool. I didn't know anything about him or his music other than those, let my love open the door, right? That everybody hears in (laughs) in a hundred different movies. Man, I hung out, I hung on, of course, to that guitar, but also what that guitar meant to me, which was that, you know, I had a second chance at life. How does the Clancy story and the Pete story, how would you connect those? Really, I guess the the most simple thing is that they both gave me hope. The guitar gave me hope. Her note gave me hope. But it, it also led me back to 
Christ and, and what he does for each of us. So Pete's guitar, the symbol of a phoenix dying yep. and rising yep. from the ashes, right? So I'm, I'm thinking about my faith and what Christ has already done for me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm connecting that with this note that I received from Clancy, which was, how do I share this hope with other people? Mm-hmm. And how do I live into my purpose for my life? And that's something I had struggled with again before the accident and then after the accident when I couldn't even lead worship. I couldn't even do the thing that I felt like I was created to do anymore. And it's like Jesus told me through her note, he told me, you know, just be who I created you to be and don't worry about it. I've got my hand on your life. And we all have a testimony to share. And it's because of his power that's at work in us. You know, he can work through those circumstances. Mike Kinney, his book is Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervene to Save a Life. And, you know, only God can do this kind of thing out of such a tragedy that, you know, Pete Townsend of the band Who, he's the principal songwriter of the band Who, Mm. so this is an amazing rock legend, sends him a guitar, and that guitar reminds Mike of what Jesus has done for him, you Mm -hmm. know, rescuing him out out of the fire, out of the fire of his sin and hell and so forth. And Clancy's letter reminded him that, showed him that there's a purpose in this. You're going to not only take this moment right now, but into the rest of your life, your life has a purpose to Mm -hmm. give people hope. When God rescues us, we become a part of the rescue team. That is just, you know, it's unbelievable, but we do, we get to be a part of sharing our story of what Jesus has done. And it becomes a pathway for other people to, to have expectation of Jesus, to want to experience what we did, you know, when they hear our story. So it's so important that we're ready and willing to be able to share what God has done. Yeah. And our story doesn't have to be as dramatic as this. Yep. It can be just, it can just be a, whatever kind of encounter you have, you've had with Jesus is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Every time we encounter Jesus, it's a miracle. And that story can change people's lives, will change people's lives. There was a training at our church on Wednesday night. We're, you know, meeting once a month and talking about how to organically reach the people that are around us. And this was the definition giving for a testimony. And I absolutely love this. Your testimony should be recent, relevant, and real. So, you know, we, we heard the word, when we hear the word testimony, we think my conversion story, you know, when I came to know Jesus, something like that. But what is God doing in your life right now? What's, what's relevant, what's real, and what's recent? Mm. That's your testimony. That's the story that you have to tell. Yeah. So every single human who survived their teenage years has a story to tell that we wish had never happened, but none quite like yours. Take us to that life-changing moment. Yeah, it was the second day of my senior year in high school, and I was a little under the weather. I had been swimming throughout that summer, you know, five hours a day. And so we're starting my second day of my senior year and was planning to hang out with my friend, Matt Blickendorf, that evening. We were going to go to the Carmel 
football game and then go to his lake house for the evening to, to hang out there, go jet skiing the next day. And several things happened that night. I led worship for the junior high program at our church. And then we had actually just prior to that had mowed several lawns and, you know, we were going to go out to dinner with some lady friends and just things that a high schoolers would do. We went and got gas. This is my last memory before the accident happened. We went and got gas. I had like not a lot of money because uh, the people that we mowed lawns for had given us checks that I was going to deposit the next week, of course. So I couldn't find more than a couple dollars. Matt reached his hands into his pocket and found like another $5 bill. And that's all we put into the truck for gas. And so that's my last memory before the accident. What happened on the night of the accident? What was the accident itself? <laughs> so we're driving to his lake house and he was driving in front of me in his little red Supra. And I had a 1987 Ford Ranger with those really long hoods at the front of the truck. And I started swerving. He saw me in his rearview mirror, my lights kind of going from side to side off the road and into a and through a hollow tree, which helped slow me down a little bit, but went into this telephone pole. And I, I hit it hard enough that that long hood crushed all the way back to the, my dashboard and, and it collapsed on top of me and I was stuck. So my friend almost bites it pulling his car off the road because there was a little bit of a ditch there and gets out of his Supra, runs over to me and the car is already now on fire. It started in the the right passenger's seat. It was a cloth interior. So it's spreading through the truck really quickly. And he hadn't even thought to come over to the driver's side because it was so mangled. Uh, So he's trying to punch through the window. That doesn't work. And so he tries to kicked through the window, but the dew had set. So he just had no leverage. Of course, that door was locked. He ran back over to the driver's side and well, it just fell open. Even though this driver's door was completely mangled, it, mm-hmm. it fell open. He started to try to pull on me and I was just completely wedged, not moving at all. And then he realized my seatbelt was on. And so he reached in and burned his arm, just getting my seatbelt off and uh, pulled on me again. And it was like, it was like he hadn't even taken the seatbelt off. I didn't move an inch. So that kind of began a, I would call it a journey. It was a short journey. It became a, began a moment for Matt that was like probably five or six minutes where it's just me and him in this field and this fire's blazing up this wooden telephone pole. And of course, you're probably thinking, how do I know this? Well, to me, it's all a story, but we do have it on video from when the fire department had got to the scene of the accident. And you can see these 15 foot flames. He pulled on me for five minutes before a passerby came down this dark country road. Matt left me kind of hanging out of the truck. One of my eyes had come out of socket. I shattered the left side of my face. My jeans are uh, no longer there. My skin is on fire. And he leaves me hanging from this truck to go to flag this guy down in the middle of the of this road. And the driver slows down a little bit, but then like kind of speeds up and goes around Matt on the side of the road. And Matt's like, you've got to be kidding me. So he's shouting out to Jesus and he's like, I need you. I, I can't do this alone. A couple of minutes later, this guy that had been driving comes running through these trees. And I think he was just trying to get out of the debris because the hollow tree was all over the road and there's gas cans from my truck that have spilled the fires out of control. So he comes running through these trees and he's, he's yelling at Matt, like, get away from the truck. It's going to blow up, you know? So they go back and forth for a minute. And finally Matt tells him, you know, this is my brother. I'm not leaving him. You've got to help me. And th- this guy's name is John Kirby came over and they helped pull me on three and my legs fell out of the truck. Wow. 
Mike Kinney from Carmel, Indiana. His book is Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. And there's actually a video that you watch the video of the accident scene. Yeah, from the police officer's car, you can see, I mean, it's dark. It's, you know, it's got the time, it's got the date, you know, it's, you know, 11, 15, 01. And, you know, and anyway, you can see the, the, the blaze. I mean, it's just, there's this huge fire. Is that on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Mike Kenny, if you just uh, Google Mike Kenny or go to YouTube and search for Mike Kenny out of the fire mm-hmm. and, and his story is told there, Matt, his buddy gets interviewed too and tells a little bit of oh, wow. his perspective of the story. And yeah, this yeah. was 20 years ago and we're feeling the reverb reverberations to today of of the incredible story of how Jesus rescued Mike and Jesus actually showed up at the scene. I mean, literally showed up at the scene. Yes. Your friend Matt, who pulled you out of the car, had an encounter with Jesus that night. Can you tell us what Matt saw? Yeah, Matt... Gosh, it's so cool to hear him tell this story. Um, I've heard it for 20 years and the story has never changed. Matt talks about that moment that he pulls me out of the truck and John Kirby was running circles around my truck, you know, hooping and hollering because they got me out. Well, then he disappears. We don't know why, but he disappears from the scene of the accident. And it's just me and Matt in this field. And Matt hears the kind of the roar of the fire and the flames consuming the truck. Because right after they pulled me out of my seat, it's like it was waiting to consume Mm. that seat. So now it's just Matt and I. And he's just praying. He's been calling on Jesus's name and shouting out to him. And he's like, I can't do this alone. And Matt talks about a moment when I was in the truck and when he left me hanging from the truck that he stepped back and he felt like this is it. Like I'm going to have to watch my friend burn to death in this truck. And then he said, as fast as that moment came into his mind, he said, I don't care what I have to do. If I have to pull him in half, Mike is coming out of this truck with me. He felt like there was an angel in the passenger seat of my truck because there was this little clearing where everything else was on fire. Uh, Matt couldn't get the black smoke out of his lungs for days after the accident. I didn't have any smoke in my lungs, which meant that I wasn't breathing for several minutes. So now we're in the field alone, and he's still believing that Jesus was with us. I mean, he had been working, that he was going to continue to work. And so he says that out of the corner of his eye, he sees a figure walking towards him, and he just knew that he knew that it was Jesus and that he was wearing like a button-up shirt, was carrying a black doctor's bag, that he was walking very slowly, like no urgency at all, because he's just in control Mm. of the situation. And he said it was like he came and knelt down across from Matt. Matt was kneeling down next to me, and Matt had one hand on my chest and the other hand lifted the sky in this moment as he was praying. And then he said it was like Jesus just looked at him, pulled his face up and said, like, Matt, you know, Mike's going to be OK and you're going to be OK. And he's, he's convinced to this day that in that moment that, that he was healing me in the field. I love how, you know, Jesus was walking up and, you know, he he was coming up to the scene with just no urgency, mm-hmm. completely in control. And this is what you see in the Gospels. So that's why this rings so true for me. I mean, 
you know, like when Jesus is in the boat and there's a terrible storm and his guys are freaking out and he's just sleeping in the boat and he gets up and he says, why do you guys have so little faith? And then he stands up and rebukes the wind and the waves and everything's calmed. Jesus, you know, is alive, but in his earthly ministry, he was always in control, Mm -hmm. always knew what to do. Well, even on, you know, in his delay in going to see Lazarus, right? Mary and Martha, like run out to meet him and they're like, well, uh, if you had been here, like, mm-hmm. you know, why did you delay? And, but he, he, this rings true with what we see in scripture of how Jesus carries himself. He is the prince of peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the prince of peace. Yeah. So whatever you're going through right now, I go through stuff and I tend to freak out and feel overwhelmed. I have those moments. It's just good to know that, that Jesus is not freaked out, mm-hmm. that the things I'm afraid of, he's not afraid of, and he's in control. He's, he's coming up to us and he's, he's just solid. He's rock solid and he knows what to do and we can trust him. Mike, everything that you've told us so far in your story is you know, it's just that it's the story that you heard from someone else, even though it's your life and it's your story. You have no personal memories of anything that you've shared with us. Is that hard for you? I love that question because it's really hard. It was really hard for me, especially early on, because it was just a story. And I believed, and I always have believed, I believed before the accident and then the accident happens. And Matt's not some weird spiritual guy that would make something like this up. And in fact, I was talking to my dad just the other day and my dad has just read the book for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, well, the one thing I wish that it could have been said in the book is that when Matt came to the house with the officer to let them know what had happened, Matt couldn't stop talking for the next 50 minutes on the way to the hospital. Matt couldn't stop talking and trying to convince my parents that Jesus was there. And that's what my dad remembers from that night. Because at first my dad thought, well, maybe this is just adrenaline talking. Maybe this is, you know, he's caught up in the moment. And my dad said he was absolutely convinced and was doing everything he could in that moment to convince my parents. And of all the things that he had experienced on that night, the thing that stood out the most to him that he couldn't stop talking about was, I, I saw Jesus tonight. It's incredible. And I, you know, for me, that was tough only because it's like I wanted to see what everybody else had seen. My parents got to have that experience with Matt and see the hundred people come to the hospital. And I was asleep and unconscious, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I woke up, it's like, well, where is, where's Jesus in the middle of my uh, reality and my circumstances. And so a really cool story is I had asked my parents right after I got home from the hospital, I said, I've got to see my truck and can we go to the junkyard to see my truck? And my friend Matt came, my parents came, my brother came to this, and we had an old cam recorder. You know, this was uh, many, many years ago. But we're walking around the truck, and I remember Matt humming to himself, kind of almost just soothing himself because seeing this truck had to have brought up some PTSD and just reliving it and replaying it in his mind. 
and I'm walking around the truck trying to figure out how Matt got me out of the out of this small compact space, which was the driver's seat. And then I looked down and I see in the center of the steering wheel that missed my leg, you know, cutting off my leg by just inches. I see in the middle of this steering wheel that two pieces of metal had molded together in the shape of a cross. And I took a picture of that. And to this day, that's one of the most meaningful pictures, if not the most meaningful picture I own knowing that Christ was with me, not only in the accident, but in that moment. Wow. Just right now, I'm thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and there's a fourth person in the fire. Yeah. And he looks like Mm -hmm. a son of God. And the son of God was with you in the fire. You know, you survived these burn injuries, the brain injuries. You were told you would never walk again. At one point, they thought you might not live. This is all not overnight recovery. You've walked a long journey of pain and I'm sure hard days. There are people Mm -hmm. who are listening right now who who are walking through their own journey of, you know, I, I think my dream might be dead. I don't know what God's doing here. What would you say to that person right now? God is with you in the haze, in the smoke of your life. Um, when you don't see him, he's still there. He's still working. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And you are so loved and important to so many people. And no matter what you're going through, there is hope. No matter how dark your situation is that you're fancying, whether cancer diagnosis, the loss of a loved one, a child, a spouse. I mean, the worst things in life that I have not experienced all those that in this moment, no matter how dark it is, reach out to others and look for Jesus in the darkest moments of your life. He's there with you and he loves you. And you just can't overemphasize enough how each of us have a story that is meant to be shared, an experience of how we have something to share with people, a testimony that could literally change someone's life forever. Nine months later, you had an encounter. I think you got to share your story and somebody came up and talked with you. Yeah. So there was a gal in my chemistry class. Her name is Clancy. And she sat across from me for the entire semester. I didn't know much about her, but I had an opportunity to share my testimony. And it was an optional thing. And this is a public high school. And and I told them this was going to be a faith-based mm-hmm. testimony. And they allowed people to sign out of their seminar class to come and hear this. And a third of the school mm-hmm. signed out of their seminar to come hear our testimony. So it was about 600 students. And Clancy was one of them. And a couple of days after sharing you know, our testimony, she handed me a note. And that note changed my life. It was simply her saying thank you. But more than thank you, it was she shared a little bit about her story, which was that she had recently tried to end her life. And she said that my story reminded her that God saved her for a reason. And she felt like God had saved me and sent me to save her. And she just prayed that God would always be with me. And those those words jumped out at me for several reasons. You know, one of them being that Pete Townsend had given me this guitar when I was in the hospital. 
and he signed it. I didn't know who Pete Townsend was. Um, you know, I was 17 and found out that he was a rock legend. And he signed this guitar, though, in big letters across this Gibson guitar that he sent me. He signed it to Mike. This is the Phoenix Pete. And sent me a note as well, just saying he'd be praying for me and, and my family and my speedy recovery, which I thought was so cool. I didn't know anything about him or his music other than those, let my love open the door, right? That everybody hears in, <laughs> in a hundred different movies. Man, I hung out, I hung on, of course, to that guitar, but also what that guitar meant to me, which was that, you know, I had a second chance at life. How does the Clancy story and the Pete story, how would you connect those? Really, I guess the the most simple thing is that they both gave me hope. The guitar gave me hope. Her note gave me hope. But it, it also led me back to Christ and, and what he does for each of us. So Pete's guitar, the symbol of a phoenix dying yep. and rising yep. from the ashes. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking about my faith and what Christ has already done for me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm connecting that with this note that I received from Clancy, which was, how do I share this hope with other people? Mm-hmm. And how do I live into my purpose for my life? And that's something I had struggled with again before the accident and then after the accident when I couldn't even lead worship. I couldn't even do the thing that I felt like I was created to do anymore. And it's like Jesus told me through her note, he told me, you know, just be who I created you to be and don't worry about it. I've got my hand on your life. And we all have a testimony to share. And it's because of his power that's at work in us. You know, he can work through those circumstances. Mike Kenny, his book is Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. And, you know, only God can do this kind of thing out of such a tragedy that, you know, Pete Townsend of the band Who, he's the principal songwriter of the band Who, Mm. so this is an amazing rock legend, sends him a guitar, and that guitar reminds Mike of what Jesus has done for him, you Mm -hmm. know, rescuing him out out of the fire, out of the fire of his sin and hell and so forth. And Clancy's letter reminded him that, showed him that there's a purpose in this. You're going to not only take this moment right now, but into the rest of your life, your life has a purpose to Mm -hmm. give people hope. When God rescues us, we become a part of the rescue team. That is just, you know, it's unbelievable, but we do, we get to be a part of sharing our story of what Jesus has done. And it becomes a pathway for other people to to have expectation of Jesus, to want to experience what we did, you know, when they hear our story. So it's so important that we're ready and willing to be able to share what God has done. Yeah. And our story doesn't have to be as dramatic as this. Yep. It can be just, it can just be a, whatever kind of encounter you have, you've had with Jesus is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Every time we encounter Jesus, it's a miracle. And that story can change people's lives, will change people's lives. There was a training at our church on Wednesday night. We're you know, meeting once a month and talking about how to organically reach the people that are around us. And this was the definition giving for a testimony. And I absolutely love this. Your testimony should be recent, relevant, and real. So, you know, we, we heard the word, when we hear the word testimony, we think my conversion story, you know, when I came to know Jesus, something like that. But what is God doing in your life right now? What's what's relevant, what's real, and what's recent? Mm. That's your testimony. That's the story that you have to tell. So prior to the accident, you played guitar as you led worship, and then you lost that through the accident, the ability to play? 
I did. I mean, I, I lost my my guitar actually burned in the back of my truck. And Tom Griswold of Bob and Tom Radio uh, heard about my accident. He replaced, gave me an exact replica replacing that guitar. But yes, before I played after the accident, though, my motor skills were messed up. And, and in fact, the doctors said that the area of my brain that was impacted by the brain, brain injury should have significantly impaired my ability to play music. And I found out years later from a doctor, a neurologist, he said, well, the brain is a funny thing. And sometimes music could come from a different portion of the brain. And so like, I've never been a orchestral musician that uh, sight reads music. And I think if God had made me like that, the accident probably would have had a bigger effect on my ability to play music. But I uh, actually play by ear and I hear music and I know when I feel the music and when it sounds good. And so that's why there's a whole nother story of a capo that's included in the book. But that's why that capo meant so much to me is as a guitarist, a capo normally like changes the key of a song. Well, for me, God gave me the dream of a capo that was fully functional and would allow you to compress individual strings instead of just all six at the same time. I could do I could select which ones I wanted. It gave me unlimited possibilities, which for someone that was continuing to face limitation after limitation after limitation, this capo gave me hope that I could not only push through these challenges, but that maybe I could have a purpose and that it would give me some sort of a platform even to share my story of hope with people. Yeah. You created the Kinney Capo. And you have been able to fulfill God's dream for your life because you are a worship leader now. I am. Yeah, to this day, I'm not a uh, it's not a full time job, but I still love it as much as I did before the accident. I love connecting with the Lord in that way. And and now I've got this capo that I developed and I had a lot of people over a long period of time as I worked through the brain injury help me learn how to patent a product and how to write a patent. And so it's just been amazing, the people that have stepped in to help along the way. God knows how to work things out after tragedy. And I just think it's it's a miracle that Mike survived the crash, that he was pulled out of that fire, and his friend Matt had a vision of Jesus walking up and and just being completely in control and saying he's going to be all right. And that was an incredible miracle. But it's a miracle that that Mike is able to be a worship leader today Mm -hmm. and that the Lord gave him this idea for a capo. I I can't, I play guitar and I use a capo, but I can't envision this capo, you know, how it, it just depresses certain strings, maybe one string at a time. I need to look it up, but just the ability to be able to create that Mm -hmm. just shows that his mind, his mind is very, very creative and able to do things that he shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. And God has been with him. Jesus has been with him throughout the entire healing process. And you know what? That the image of, you know, seeing Jesus is part of Mike's story that Jesus walked over while he was laying in the field after being yanked out of this truck that was on fire. He himself was on fire. Jesus came over and was with him and was healing him in the field. That reality of the nearness of Jesus is our reality right now. Mm-hmm. He is as he's nearer to you than you can possibly imagine. He is always with us. And every now and then we get a glimpse of moments like this and we go, wow, mm-hmm. Jesus was there. Yep. But like, that's our moment right now. Mm-hmm. Jesus is with you right now where you are. Thanks so much for listening. 
questions or comments, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930. 